0: Welcome back to Relic Radio Thrillers. This week, we hear from Dark Venture, a series that aired over ABC stations from June of 1945 to August of 1947. 52 episodes were produced, including this one. We'll hear The Man in 206 from December 2nd, 1946.
1: Over the minds of mortal men come many shadows, shadows of greed and hate, jealousy and fear. Darkness is the absence of light. So in the sudden shadows which fog the minds of men and women are to be found the strange impulses which urge them into the unknown. Dark Venture. Casting Company presents Carl Harbord in The Man in 206.
2: I paused on the
3: threshold of room 206. Inside the room was the killer playing the piano in the dark. I struggled to hold my nerves in check, alone in the house, with him. My fingers closed around the small axe as I slowly turned the doorknob. And then, as it is with a drowning man, everything that had happened these last few weeks, everything that had brought me to this door, flashed through my mind. For me, it all began that night the reporter came. The fourth murder in the neighborhood had occurred only the night before, and the papers were full of it. They were calling the killer the executioner, and they said he killed only the helpless. I read all this as I sat in the lobby of my rooming house, and the thought wouldn't leave me. Could it be Fraser? Could it be the man in 206? Oh, I was letting my nerves run away with me. I was letting my hatred for Fraser warp my mind. It was just that everything was falling apart and I couldn't stop it. I remembered how grateful I'd been when Aunt Martha had willed me this rooming house. A chance to make something of my life. Sure, a fine chance. In less than a month, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. Three more tenants had left me today. And all because of Fraser. The outside door opened and a young man came in, shaking the rain from his head.
0: Good evening. Good evening. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? I don't know. That sign on the door intrigues me no end. Uh, how's that? The sign that says vacancy. I didn't think they printed signs like that anymore. Oh, uh, you want a room? Yeah. But I also want a story. A big one? My name's Martin. I'm a reporter on the Globe. A reporter? Yeah. Every day on my way to the police station to hear the latest exploits of our friend, the uh, executioner, I pass this rooming house. Every day I see that strange little sign. Vacancy. Uh, I'm afraid I still don't understand. In this city, hundreds of good, solid citizens are living in chicken coops and garages. All-night theaters or streetcars because there's no place else to live. Yet, here in their midst is a vacancy. But no one accepts the vacancy. Why? Well, uh,
3: most of my guests are transients. They come and go. So I always have a vacancy. That's all there is to it.
0: In times like these... Why do they come and go? Now, look here. Your place looks clean enough. I don't imagine your rates are too high. Look, if you want a room... And also, why are you so upset? There must be a story here. Let my fellow reporters worry about the executioner. I'll tell the story of the vacant room. But I tell you, there isn't any story. As I said... Yeah, yeah, I know what you said. Yeah. I also saw how pale you got when you said it. Look, I'm very
3: busy tonight. When you came in, you said you wanted a room. Do you want it or don't you? Sure. I'll take a room.
0: Make it for a week. Or do you think that's long enough to find out what drives people away?
3: shouldn't have rented the reporter a room, but with so many of my rooms vacant, I just couldn't afford not to. After I'd showed him to his place, I decided to see Inspector Garland. After all, he'd been living here in the Roaming house for the last eight years, and though I didn't know him very well, Aunt Martha had always considered him her prized tenant. I went down the hall to the inspector's room. I had to talk to somebody. I was desperate.
2: Come in, come
3: in. Inspector, I'd like to speak to you, if I may.
2: Mr. Wilson, come in. Don't tell me I've forgotten to pay my rent again. Oh, no, it's nothing like that. It's... Don't be bashful to tell me, man. I've got no memory for details. Your poor aunt was always hemming and hawing, trying to get her money without embarrassing me. Inspector Garland, it's not the rent. I need your advice. Advice?
3: Yes. Oh, what am I going to do about Him? Him?
2: I don't understand. Well, Mr. Frazier, of course, the man in 206. Mr. Frazier? I don't think I know him. What about him? Well, didn't you hear him last night? Uh, I've been working nights for the last three weeks trying to find some trace of this creature the newspapers call the Executioner. You'll have to bring me up to date. Well... This Mr.
3: Frazier, he must drink or something. He usually comes in after midnight and begins to pound on an old piano I have up there till he's wakened the whole building. Because of him, I've lost every one of my old tenants except you, Inspector. Well, for Pete's sake, why don't you tell him to leave? Well, that's just it. I've never even seen the man. What? My housekeeper, Stella, rented the room to him a week before I came. He paid for two months in advance and no one's seen him since. Well, if you'd been here at night, you'd certainly have heard him. Did you ever try leaving him a note, ordering him to behave himself? Yes, last night. I left a note in his door. This morning, the note was torn to shreds.
2: Well, I guess the only thing I can suggest is to wait until the next time he creates a rumpus and then call one of our boys to come in and arrest him for disturbing the peace.
3: Inspector, I'm afraid to wait until next time. Huh? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's just my imagination, but... Yes? Each time Fraser's gone into one of his rages, there was a murder reported in this neighborhood the next day. I think Fraser Fraser might be this executioner.
2: And your housekeeper is the only one who's seen Fraser? Yes. All right, come on, let's talk to her.
3: Don't say anything about what I suspect. It, it'll only upset Stella.
2: No, I won't say. Ah, here's her room.
3: Stella, it's me, Mr. Wilson.
4: Come in, Mr. Wilson. Oh, Inspector Gow. Why are you packing, Stella? I was just going to tell you I'm leaving. Leaving? But why? Well, I'm not at all well, you know. I've been under a doctor's care for the last five years, and now this uh, excitement. Well, it's just too much.
2: You mean Frazier, Stella?
4: Him and, and that killer, too. I'm worried and frightened all the time. It's just too much. Well, where are you going? To my sister's place. I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson. Before you took over, I'd work for your Aunt Martha, God rest her soul, for eight years. But I've got to think of myself. But I'm trying to get rid of Fraser. You'll never get rid of him.
2: Why do you say that, Stella?
4: That's just how I feel. Oh, I'm just a bundle of nerves, that's all I am.
2: You're the one who rented Fraser's room, aren't you, Stella?
4: Yes, I'm sorry to say. It was just a few days after Martha died and Mr. Wilson hadn't come yet to take over the place, so I was in charge.
2: Did he seem like
4: the kind of fellow who would carry on like this? Oh, no, he was real nice. Paid two months in advance. Gave me a good tip when I showed him his room. He seemed fine. When was the first time
2: you heard him go into one
4: of these rages? Oh, please. I, I told my sister I'd be at her place in an hour. I, I've just got to finish packing. Stella,
3: Inspector Garland is trying to help me.
4: I'm at the end of my road. Now, please tell him what you heard. Well, all right. I'll tell you about the first time I heard him. It was just about ten days after he'd moved in. I'd gone to bed early, like they usually do, and... It wasn't long before I was sound asleep. First, I I didn't know what had awakened me. Then I realized it was somebody playing the piano. I looked at my dresser clock. Why, it was almost two o'clock in the morning. I put on my robe and went to the door. It was Mr. Higgins, one of our tenants. What
1: kind of a place do you people run here? Listen to
4: that racket. How are people supposed to sleep? Well, where's it coming from?
1: That new guy, Frazier in 206. Well, I'll go tell him to stop. Yeah, do that. He's got the whole building away.
4: I hurried down the hall to 206. There was something so wild about that piano playing. It kind of gave me the creeps. Now I'm standing in front of the door. Mr. Frazier? Mr. Frazier, I, I want to see you a moment. Suddenly, the piano stopped. Then I happened to look up at the transom and I realized there was no light in the room. He'd been playing in the dark. Then I heard him walking real slow to the door. The strangest feeling came over me. Everything was suddenly so quiet. I, I looked down the hallway. All the doors were closed. Mr. Higgins had gone back to his room. Mr. Fraser had unlocked the door. My heart started pounding frantically. But why should it? Then the door started to open. But I couldn't see anything except the darkness of his room. Suddenly I I turned and started running down the hall. That's the way it happened to me. I, I can't explain why I ran away, even today. But I just couldn't stand there... I, I just couldn't. All right, Stella, all right. That, why, I've got to leave. My nerves aren't what they used to be. Maybe after I rest up for a while at my sister, sister's, maybe maybe I'll be all right. You see what
2: he's done, Inspector? I've got to get rid of him. How many times has something like this happened, Stella?
4: I've heard him play like that four times and always the same song. But after that first time, I've never gone to his room again except to clean it twice a week. During the day when he isn't there. The room's down the hall, isn't it? Yes. You got a key? Yes. Oh, come on.
2: Let's take a look at
4: it. Wait. Mr. Wilson. What? I don't want him to hear. Well, what are you talking about? I'll be leaving in a few minutes, but when I get to my sister's house, I'll call you.
2: Coming, Miss Wilson?
4: I've got something to tell you. What? You'll hear from me.
3: Well, are you coming? Yes. Yes, I'm coming.
2: Yes. A nice piano. The place looks all right. Where's that door go? Uh,
3: a small dressing room. It's part of Fraser's place.
2: Why is it locked? Oh, it shouldn't be. Got a key to it?
3: Yes, I think so. It's right on this ring here. This one should open it.
2: Let's look inside. Good looking clothes. You must have money. What's this bundle in the corner?
3: Looks like dirty clothes.
2: Look at this shirt. Blood. And these trousers. All bloody. And I was right. It is Fraser. He is the killer. Well, maybe. Maybe not. I'll have to have the blood analyzed. But if we wait until he comes back, it may be too late. This.
3: Come on. It's him. He's come back.
0: Hello, gentlemen. Marching. What are you doing in this room? Didn't I tell you? I'm a frustrated paterfskate. How come I don't have a piano in my room? Haven't I seen you around headquarters? Aren't you a reporter with a globe? That's right, Inspector. I'm also a fellow tenant in Mr. Wilson's establishment. Does this room hold the mystery? What mystery? Of the little vacancy sign. Or maybe of the executioner. Uh, uh, uh. There you go, getting pale again, Mr. Wilson.
3: I was terribly upset, but I tried not to show it until after the reporter and Inspector Garland had left. Most of my life, I bummed around the world doing everything imaginable. Steve at all, clerk, worked in nightclubs, everything. I was in a hospital clear across the country, recovering from a barroom brawl when I'd learned I'd inherited the rooming house. It was like a godsend. And now this frightful thing was happening. And if I didn't make a go of my rooming house, I'd be right back where I started. Then at about 11.15 that night, the phone in the lobby started ringing. Hello.
4: Hello, Mr. Wilson. This is Stella. Oh, yes, Stella. I told you you'd hear from me, remember?
3: Yes, what did you want to tell me, Stella?
4: I wouldn't want to say it over the phone, Mr. Wilson.
3: Well, then why didn't you tell me before?
4: I couldn't. Not with the inspector around. I don't understand. I lied to the inspector. That night when all the noise was going on, I did see something in Mr. Frazier's room that I didn't want to tell about. Why? Because I don't think I really understand it. What did you see? Well, like I said, I, I don't want to tell you over the phone, Mr. Wilson. You come over to my sister's house and I'll tell you. But there's nobody here to watch the place. Just the same, you come along, Mr. Wilson. It's 354 Westover Place. It's only about a mile.
3: Oh, well, all right. Uh, 354 Westover, there's not much doing here. Uh, I'll be over in half an hour.
4: Fine, I'll wait up for you. And don't you tell Inspector Garland you're coming. Understand?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. after I'd hung up, two people came in for rooms, and I was busy with them, and then it started raining again, and I couldn't walk through the rain. I tried calling a taxi, but there weren't any available, and when I looked at my watch again, it was after midnight. Then I tried calling Stella to tell her I wouldn't be able to make it that night and not to wait up for me, but I didn't know her sister's number. At 12.30, I went to bed, and I couldn't fall asleep from all the excitement. I finally got up and took some aspirin, and within minutes, I was dead to the world. Yes.
2: yes? Wilson,
3: open up! Oh, all right, just a minute.
2: Come on, Wilson, hurry! Inspector Garland, what's wrong? there another killing, only this time it strikes home. What? Your housekeeper, Stella. She was found on the porch of her sister's house. Strangled.
3: After Inspector Garland told me about Stella, I told him about her phoning me earlier and saying she'd seen something unusual in 206. Then the inspector wanted to see the rooming house register. I took him downstairs, and he thumbed through the pages till he found what he wanted.
2: William Friday, here we are. Registered November 2nd. And the first of these killings was around then, wasn't it? Yeah. Home address, Spokane, Washington. Business, salesman. Mm, not much help. No. If there were an address in California, maybe we could trace him. But we don't have any description to go on. Stella's the only one who's ever seen him. Uh, uh, wait. It's that reporter. I don't want him to know we suspect Frazier. Say
0: hey, that. Stella Falvin, the woman who got killed tonight. She worked for you, didn't she, Mr. Wilson? Yes. Why do you suppose she was murdered? Well, I'm sure I don't know. Looks like the work of our friend, the executioner. Uh, Inspector? Perhaps. Uh, being a reporter is worse than being a milkman. My paper sent a kid over here at 3 o'clock to wake me up and have me cover this killing. A fine life. Trouble was, I'd just fallen asleep about an hour before. You didn't tell me about these piano recitals, Mr. Wilson. Piano? Take it easy. When I saw you two in room 206, I figured it was vacant. It it is vacant. Uh Uh-uh. No. Some guy was inside 206 hammering on that piano. And I mean hammering. Is that what chases all the tenants away, Mr. Wilson? I told you. Yeah, I know what you told well. I'm going to hit the hay for a while. I'm dead. He's gone to his room. Come on. Let's go upstairs to 206,
2: quick. You think
3: Frazier's in there now?
2: There's a chance. Give me your passkey. Not here. But he's been here.
3: Look at this room. torn to pieces.
2: Yeah. Now, look. I don't want that reporter to know about Frazier. If he finds out about him, he'll plaster the story all over the front page of that paper. Hits. Ah, oh, I guess that doesn't matter anymore. Oh, but it does matter. Hmm? is some kind of a nut. I'll bet anything on it. And he'll be coming back to this rooming house if he doesn't find out where wise to him. Do you think so? You're getting a guest tomorrow. A guest? I'm planting a man in this house to watch it day and night. And one of these nights, if we're lucky, we're gonna hear that piano again.
3: But we didn't hear the piano again. And Inspector Garland didn't seem to make any progress finding Fraser.
2: I checked with all the California police chiefs. Any luck? None he's not wanted for anything that's a sanction maybe he uses a false name maybe that makes it even better you sure he's never come back to the room i'm sure well i guess we'll just have to keep waiting
3: i lost all interest in the rooming house i wasn't able to hire another housekeeper Although there was no more piano playing, one by one, my other tenants left me.
1: I'm checking out, Mr. Wilson. Prepare my bill. <sighs> yes, Mr. Higgins. This certainly isn't the same kind of rooming house your aunt
3: used to run. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Higgins. Finally, the only tenants left were Inspector Garland, the policeman he planted in the house to watch for Frazier and Martin, the newspaper man.
0: I see you took your vacancy sign down today.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking of closing my
0: rooming house. Looks like I'm not going to get my story after all. Uh, Mr. Wilson? Yeah,
3: it looks that way, Mr. Martin. I placed the roaming house up for sale and started cleaning the rooms and getting everything in order. And it was while cleaning Fraser's room that I made a discovery that sent me running to Inspector Garland's room. Inspector! Look what I found!
2: What is it? A
3: snapshot? Yes, a man and a woman. And look what's written on back. Huh?
2: Bell and William stuck Stockton, California, 1940. To... Where'd you find it? It was in one of the dresser drawers underneath the paper Stella had used to line the drawers. Uh, this is what I needed. We're going to find Fraser at last.
3: That was three days ago. Then tonight at about 10.30, Inspector Garland got a telephone call. He was out. He'd been gone all evening. But the policeman he planted in the house took the call, and when he hung up, I could see he was pretty excited. When Garland comes in, tell him I went to headquarters. Tell him he'd better get down there too. Something happened? Yeah, they just located your rumour, William Fraser. You mean they've arrested him? Not exactly. His wife just came down from Stockton and identified his body. His body? Fraser checked into your rooming house on November the second, didn't he? That's right. Well, on the night of November the second, he was killed by a hit and run driver. I don't understand. Why we were waiting for him to start playing that piano? He's been lying on a slab in a county morgue waiting to be identified. Then Fraser couldn't have been the killer. You're catching on fast, Mr. Wilson. After the detective left, I was all alone in the rooming house. I locked the front door and went up to my room. My head was pounding. It had never been Fraser. Frasier was dead, that's all I could think. I stretched out on my bed in the darkness, my mind searching for an answer. If it wasn't Frasier, who was it? Why had I ever accepted this rooming house? Why had I ever come to this place? Why? The piano. For a moment, I thought my imagination was playing some crazy trick. I clamped my hands over my ears to see if the music was in my head. No, it was real. The killer had returned, and there was nobody in the house but me. I don't know how long I crouched on the bed. I was terrified. What was I going to do? The music went on and on. Then finally I couldn't stand it any longer. I was going to see who was playing that piano. I was going to find the killer, but I needed something to protect myself. I remembered the tool cabinet in the service closet in the hallway. I left my room and hurried over to it. I snapped on the light, and there, on top of the cabinet, was what I wanted a small axe. Then I started for room 206. I saw through the transom that there was no light in 206. He was playing the piano in the dark, just as Stella had said. Now I was standing before the closed door. My nerves were at the breaking point. My hand closed around the doorknob. I turned the knob ever so slowly. The door was unlocked. I gripped the axe so hard my fingers ached. And then quickly I flung open the door and snapped the light.
0: Are you shocked, Mr. Wilson? You killed those people.
3: You're the one they're looking for.
0: This should make you a big man, Mr. Wilson. But what are you going to do about it? I'm going to call the police. The telephone's downstairs. Do you think I just wait here while you call? Then
3: I'll stay here with you until Inspector Garland comes back, and I'm warning you, don't try anything.
0: Is it okay if I play the piano?
3: Why did you kill them? They were all so helpless, so defenseless.
0: Maybe I couldn't help myself. Maybe I didn't even know I was the killer. Maybe it was a sickness in my head. I've got a name for that, you know, for a guy who kills and doesn't know he kills. It's called schizophrenia or something like that. And if a guy gets overtired or too excited, he can get an attack even from something as simple as a song. You killed Stella, too. She was a
3: good woman. She worked hard all her... Uh, must you
0: play that same infernal tune over and over again? I like it. It's got kind of a strange rhythm to it when you think about it.
4: I don't care about your rhythm. Just stop playing it. Listen, kind of gets inside you, doesn't it? You're trying to confuse me. That's what you're up to. I hear you once
0: played the piano in nightclubs. I asked you
4: to play something else.
0: Yeah. I hear this tune was your introduction number. I hear you were playing it that night you got hurt in the brawl. It's a good song. What are you doing? What are you trying? What are you
3: doing to I'm me? I'm just
0: playing the piano, that's all. I tell you, stop. Stop that song. <gasps> stop it, I tell you, stop it. Hey, hey, take it easy. I'm stuck.
3: We are all alike. Always trying to outsmart the little guy. Always trying to destroy the sick and the helpless. But you can't outsmart me, can you? I don't let you get away with it, do I? I don't let you trample the helpless into the dust. I bring them rest and sleep. I bring them peace everlasting. It's your kind who hurt them. But you won't hurt anyone anymore. I'm going to kill you.
0: Like I killed all the others. He's dead, Inspector. I'm sorry I had to do it that way. Why are you sorry? Isn't it best for him? Yeah, maybe it is. For a minute there, I thought you were going to stay in that dressing room until he scalped me.
2: It was the only thing we could do. I had to get a confession. When did you first suspect him? When I found out he was the only one in the rooming house who'd never heard the music. And, of course, when I found out that Frazier had been dead all along. But I had to prove it. Why do you think he killed Stella? Stella had called him and told him she'd seen something in 206. You know, that sickness he had is a strange thing. He had an attack that night. And though he became a completely different man, he still remembered Stella's call and was afraid she'd seen him. So, he went and killed her. Huh.
0: Kind of makes you feel woozy, don't it? Yeah. You know, after this, people are going to start saying I'm nuts, too. What do you mean? From now on, every time I see a vacancy sign, I'm going to run like the devil.
1: Over the minds of mortal men come many shadows, shadows of greed and hate, jealousy and fear. Darkness is the absence of light. So in the sudden shadows which fog the minds of men and women are to be found the strange impulses which urge them on to their venture in the dark. Dark Venture is written by Larry Marcus and directed by William T. Johnson. In tonight's Dark Venture, Carl Harbord was heard as Eddie. Ben Alexander is the reporter. Herb Butterfield is the inspector. Leora Thatcher is Stella. And Harry Lang is the policeman. John Lake was the narrator. Original music by Basil Adlum.
0: More from Dark Venture at RelicRadio.com alongside other episodes of Relic Radio Thrillers, all the other podcasts, and our Shoutcast stream. Remember, if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thank you as always to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of Relic Radio Thrillers.